What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. My name is Scott, coming at you live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. And I got a wonderful episode for you guys tonight. I'm very, very excited. I'm actually very excited for this episode. I've been looking forward to it all week. Um, obviously, it's a topic we haven't addressed or talked about here on the show before. And uh, I guess it's just time to just come out and just like, yeah, this is where I'm at. This is how I feel. And I don't, I can't think of anybody else I would rather have on the show to discuss this topic than uh, good friend Jenna. Um, but uh, before we get too far into it, folks, I just want to tell you how you can follow and support the show. So there's a few different ways. I'm going to start off the top a little bit differently. So this is one of my affiliates, Truth TRS Heavy Metal Detox. Absorbs and eliminates all the heavy metals that have accumulated in your system. I've used it uh, off and on for many years. Fantastic product. Uh, brain fog, all the crap that they put in, in just all the environmental toxins and heavy metals and crap. Like, like for me, it was the brain fog was the big thing that it really helped clear up. But uh, just do some research. Uh, TRS, all kinds of testimonials and stuff about all the different things it helps with. So check that out, Truth truthtrs.com. That helps the show. We got the Give, Send, Go. Uh, Gibson go forward forward slash rebunked. Uh, if you just want to drop a tip in the tip jar, of course, subscribe on the Substack. So Substack's completely free. This is basically my mailing list. So go to rebunked.substack.com. You can sign up for free, and basically you'll get an email alert whenever there's a show coming up or any announcements with the show, or if I publish an article. Great way to stay up to date with the show. Um, and uh, yeah, so. Uh, it's totally free. There is a, there is an additional $5 a month subscription if you want to upgrade your subscription and help support the show, but otherwise, it's free. Just definitely sign up. Um, you can find links to all that at the main website, rebunk.news. That's kind of the home base, and you'll find links to all the affiliates, including Richard Grove's Autonomy, TRS Heavy Metal Detox, and the Shirt Shop, which I'll show you in just a minute. There's all the other value-for-value value options. If you guys get any value out of the show, just feel free to return it however you see fit. Um, you got links to all the social media and all the video and, oh, what's going on with my audio links there? Hold on. Uh, yeah, there we go. So the video and audio links. So go subscribe on your podcast player. Five-star reviews on Apple helps drive the show. So just, you know, if you want to support the show in a very easy, simple way, go to Apple Podcasts, hit the five-star button, and that helps. So there you go. Last but not least, uh, the t-shirt shop, rebunk.news forward slash shirts. We got all kinds of fun designs. I don't know if Jenna's seen all these. We got the Beavis, Are You Threatening Me? Gadsden flag shirt. We got all kinds of fun stuff in there. We got the, uh, oh, let's see. What's another cr crowd favorite here? I mean, you know what I mean? Like as we're going into like the new wave of whatever's coming, when you comply, you die, folks. Like when you comply, those are the people that didn't make it. You know, if you look at like the Maui fires, you know, the people that sat in their cars and didn't, ob that obeyed the police are the ones that perished. So it's like a good rule of thumb. When you comply, you die. Okay. And, you know, just, just, yeah, go, go check out the shirt shop, rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Oh, and the sweatshirts, you guys. I know we're kind of moving our way towards out of sweatshirt weather, but 30 bucks for a hoodie. Show me anywhere in the world you can get a $30 hoodie right now. You're like, you can't. Plus, you got, like, look at this. I see false flags. Here's another one. Compliance is violence. Like, that's great. You know, just going along with it causes all the madness of the world. So, anyway, guys, all kinds of fun stuff there. So, again, you can find links to all of that at rebunk.news, the main site there. So, all right. Thank you so much for sitting with me for that. And uh, all right. So tonight, you guys, I have a very special guest, um, Jenna Lacey. I'm going to go ahead and bring her in. Jenna, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. 
Yeah, I'm super excited to have you. So we've connected before on the Unjected show. We've I've met you guys in real life, and it's just uh, such an honor and pleasure to uh, you know be friends, call you guys friends. And uh, and it was it wasn't until after you know we all kind of got acquainted through like the Unjected sphere that uh, I, I re- like I, Shelby's like, hey, you should follow her Instagram. I was like, okay. So I followed, and I was like, oh wow, she's kind of a big deal. I had no idea. You know what I mean? That's so awesome. And I've been following your page and you just do amazing work. And I just, I just have to tell you how much I admire and appreciate like your fearlessness, your courage, because when we're talking about the topic of abortion, it's like something that I've got all kinds of thoughts on and I can't wait to get into all this with you, but it's like, obviously such, it's the type of topic where, you know, it's just, it's just so charged. It's so charged. And Again, okay, so what we see in the world is like the establishment, right? The the people that have kind of seized power, like the the progressive, the the the, the left, like for lack of a better whatever. I hate the right left paradigm, but for lack of a better anything, you know, these are the people that have seized power of all the establishment, right? And the way that they wield so much power is that they 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 kind of just project that they have the moral high ground. Like we are right and you are wrong, and any of your opinions that diverge from what the establishment believes is, is blasphemous and, and violent and dangerous, and, and therefore, you know, they are justified in doing whatever viciousness that they feel that they need to do. And so, and so the, but, but the whole, but it's so inverted because so many of their policies and I, I, ideas are rooted in like, just like something that's so evil, you know what I mean? And so how is it that, I'm not necessarily asking this, but I'm just saying it's just like blows my mind that like these people who assume to have the moral high ground are the most immoral and horrible people in the world. So anyway, that's kind of my position. Like I, I, before we get too far into it, I hope that uh, maybe you can take a moment to uh, just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, and then we'll get into it. Okay. Yeah. So when I was 17, well, actually, I've always been against abortion. Um I was raised in a Christian household and so naturally held those beliefs. And around 17, I can't remember exactly what it was that made me um, think more about it, but something, I don't know if I saw a post on social media talking about it, but I was like, I want to know why I'm against it. Because obviously, like if you, if you don't know, if you just hear the term abortion, the way that it's overused and lightened it, a lot of people don't have any feelings towards it whatsoever. So I was constantly hearing the word abortion, but I didn't really know what that entailed, like what the procedures were, um, and what it did to the actual child. So I don't remember what it was that I saw, but around that time when I was like 17, maybe 18, I was like, I need to look into this. Um, and I need to, get to the point where if someone were to ask me, why am I against abortion? I would not just like totally stumble over my words. And I would have, I would be able to have an intellectual conversation about my beliefs. So I spent, um, pretty much from 17 till now, I'll be 23 in April. Um, I've spent all these years basically researching both sides and, up until I was probably about 20, I was having like constant conversations with people online, usually being 
threatened or um, insulted, but I would try to have like, not, I would, I was not the one insulting. I was the one being insulted and trying to just control my emotions to, to, to learn about their per perspective, despite all of their insults. Um, but I spent all those years talking to those people to learn their side and to learn how to interact with, um, with those people who are just very angry. And then naturally I got super burned out and I deleted all my social media for a year. Um, cause before it was just like on my personal Instagram page, I would be in comment sections of like pro-life meme pages or pages like live action and stuff like that. And I would just search out those comments, those pro-abortion comments and tell them my views and then just kind of try to have them explain to me why they believed what they did. So I learned a lot from those and also just like just looking up pro-abortion articles and then anti-abortion articles and comparing it. Um, yeah, I, I just learned a lot. And then after I got back on social media, I was like, why don't I just make a page? This is something that I am very, very passionate about. Um, I've already, at that point, I had already heard every insult under the sun. I've already gotten every threat I could ever get. I basically every single day I get told to either get raped or kill myself. And so those kinds of comments, they like, don't even, they don't even phase me anymore because I've heard them so much. So I was like, there's really nothing stopping me at this point from starting an entire Instagram page dedicated to talking about, um, the, the actual issues within abortion and abortion procedures, and also poking a little bit of fun at a lot of beliefs. Cause you know, with something so, um, horrible. You got to have a little humor in there just to be able yeah. to get through it constantly. So a lot of people don't like that. I make jokes. A lot of pro-abortion people will get upset that I like make jokes about it, but I'm like, I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I noticed that you choose, like it's almost, I get the impression that you choose the term anti-abortion very deliberately as opposed to like pro-life mm -hmm. say, right? Well, what are your thoughts around that? Like I, I, I was going to, I've got some thoughts on the pro-choice, pro-life kind of dialectic there, but what, 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 what's your uh, thinking and like just planting your flag in the anti-abortion rhetoric? So I started calling myself anti-abortion instead of pro-life because there's a lot of confusion within the pro-life community on what you have to believe in order to be pro-life. So being pro-life, like that entire movement is about abortion. So um, you don't have to believe anything other then that abortion is wrong to be pro-life. But the pro-abortion people and a lot of other pro-lifers in that community will, will attack certain people who don't hold the beliefs they think you have to have to be um, pro-life. So for example, um, I see pro-life people or anti-abortion people who are also pro-capital punishment. I see them mm -hmm. being attacked by other people um, within the, within the pro-life community, like these are people who are supposed to be coming together and fighting this one atrocity, despite other beliefs, like any belief, other belief you have doesn't matter. We need to be joining together to fight against abortion. And so seeing other pro-life people attack 
other pro-lifers who are also pro-capital punishment and telling them they're not, they, they can't be pro-life unless they believe X, Y, Z. I just, I didn't really like that at all. And I don't believe that you have to believe anything other than that abortion is murder and abortion is wrong to consider yourself pro-life. So I just decided to cut out that term entirely and just call myself anti-abortion because in my mind, it clears up a lot of confusion from pro-life people and from pro-abortion people. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, I choose the term pro and anti because they're truthful. Um, I feel like pro-life and pro-choice, they're too like open-ended. It could mean anything. And I I do believe that the pro-abortion community and movement like Planned Parenthood and everything I do believe that they chose the the phrase pro-choice um, on purpose because who wouldn't want to be pro-choice? You know, it sounds great. A hundred percent. I I I was just you know that was my thinking. Like I feel like these two terms, pro-life, pro-choice, they create this like false dialectic to where both sides are kind of talking past each other. Like there's no way to kind of meet in the middle because, yeah, the opposite of pro-life is anti-life, right? And it's not like the the they are anti-life. I mean. In their minds, they're not anti-life, you know what I mean? And then the opposite of pro-choice is not anti-choice, you know what I mean? There is, and, and so and so you're creating this situation where they're just flying past each other, right? It's like there's not even a, a, a playing field for us to, to have a debate, you know what I mean? Right. And so, and not only that, but it creates the ability to create this straw man, like edifice of what each side, I think neither side, for the most part, like you've done a lot of due diligence in, in your work, and I just, I love you know, be wanting to, to to have all the, the answers, right. And to educate yourself about it. But I feel like so many people like don't take the time to learn what the other side is even saying. Like they don't even know what the other side is saying. And so there's no way to create that dialectic because it's, particularly on this topic in particular, it's so heavily charged that, you know, you can't like to even entertain the idea of the other side is you can't, you just can't do it. You just can't right. do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Um, it can be very difficult to engage with yeah. the opposing side. Um, but, and and I've told countless people this, like, if you, if you want to be pro-life, that's fine. But I, I really don't believe that y- people who have done no research into it should be engaging in any conversation with pro-abortion people because there are super simple things that pro-abortion people will say that have super simple answers. But if you have not looked into that, you can stumble you very quickly and then it can, it can leave you confused. And so I think that it is very important to stay refreshed on the like common pro-abortion slogans or arguments that they'll put forward just for your own sake. So you don't like stumble over your own beliefs. Um, I also, I get a lot of people like commenting on my, on my stuff when they see that I refer to us as anti-abortion versus pro-abortion. They hate that I call them pro-abortion. I've had a lot of people um, tell me that me calling them pro-abortion makes it sound like I believe they believe that every pregnancy must end in abortion. And it's not, that's not what I'm saying. That's never, ever been what I'm saying. When I am using the term pro and anti, 
if you look up the literal definition of pro, it's to take the affirmative side and the definition of anti is to be opposed to. So when it comes to the abortion debate, they are taking the affirmative side that abortion should be legal. Whereas I am take, I am opposed to abortion being legal. It, yeah. That's all it comes down to. And, and it's almost like, you know, I think deep down they know, they know like how dark and, and, and I mean, their soul has to be at some level, just like screaming out that like, no, this is wrong. And so they don't like, they like it to be softened. They like it to be pro-choice as opposed to pro-abortion. Same thing with like calling it a fetus. Well, if you call it a fetus, it's just like a clump of cells. Like it dehumanizes it and it removes the like the, the, the human connection that we all should deeply have to that. You know what I mean? And so the use of language, particularly around this issue, helps to dehumanize and make it feel like it's not as awful as it is. Right. You know? yeah. Yep. That is exactly what they do. Yeah. It's very interesting. So I guess while we're on the topic, what are some of the, what's like the first thing that comes to mind when uh, we're talking about their arguments that can trip you up or like your average listener getting into a conversation about uh, abortion, one of their friends coming and hits them with one of the, the standard textbook, uh, things that will trip you up from your experience, what would be one of those? And then what would be a good retort to that? So I would say there's like three major things that, um, I see probably between like 10 and 50 times a day on my account is okay. the first one is the, um, burning building scenario. I don't know if you've heard that one. I, uh, get, a lot of, <laughs> I get a lot of people who they will say, Let's say you're in a burning IVF clinic or whatever it may be. And in one room, there's 30 frozen embryos. And in the other, there's 10 toddlers. You can only save one or the other. Which are you going to save? And I have seen that mess a lot of anti-abortion people up and they don't know how to answer. So what I always say is no matter who you choose, you're not, that doesn't mean you're devaluing the other life. So I will flip it around on them and I'll be like, let's say you're in a burning building, you have your child and you have another child. You can only save one child. Mm. Naturally, you would choose your own child. Does that mean that that other child was not a life worth living just because you couldn't save it? So that's like the most ridiculous one because totally who you choose, it doesn't mean the other one who you weren't able to choose was not worthy of protection if you could have offered it. And also it's just a, such a ridiculous hypothetical that no person on earth will ever be in that I'm like, if you have to resort to such a ridiculous hypothetical to justify abortion, maybe you need to take a step back and think about why you have to use something that will never happen to justify it. Yeah. So that's like the, the first one. The okay. other two <clears throat> are a little more like in depth that I probably see more than this one that I just said. And one of them is um, abortion in the cases of rape. Mm -hmm. So a lot of pro-life people or anti-abortion people will say they are anti-abortion, um, but they will have that. They, they will, they will have, yeah. They will say, Oh, I'm, I'm against abortion except in cases of rape. And I don't hold that and people hate, I don't hold that belief and people hate me for it. But when it comes down to it, if abortion is murder in one case, the case of convenience, then why would it, and, and you believe it's unjustifiable, 
why would it then become justifiable in this case? So I, I have seen a lot of pro-abortion people. I'm pretty sure they believe that when I am saying that abortion is still wrong in cases of rape, I think that they believe that I am overlooking the woman entirely, um, which is not the case. I, I truly believe that women who have survived the trauma of rape, um, she is going to be facing the hardest decision that she will ever have to face in her life. Um, and I think the correct action would to be would be to come alongside her with truth and love and counseling and support and letting her know that she doesn't have to murder her baby to heal. Um, and so I just, I see a lot of people get tripped up over how to respond to that. And I've, I get DMs constantly from other anti-abortion people asking mm -hmm. like what, what they should say to someone who brings up that topic. And so I guess the simple thing I would, I always tell them is um, why should an innocent third party have to pay the price for the, the crimes of the man, right? So in most, in all states, rape does not carry the death penalty. So mm. if a man is even convicted, which let's be honest, in most cases, a man is either not convicted or if he is, it's just like a slap on the wrist. Mm -hmm. um, so if we're not giving the death penalty to a man who traumatized a woman through rape, why are we giving that? death penalty to the child who had nothing to do with the crime itself. Right. So there's two victims in the cases of rape and you're punishing the innocent instead of the literal offender who traumatized the woman. So, um, yeah, I just, I think it is a very hard, hard situation, but murdering your child does not erase that trauma that you've experienced. Um, and for anyone wanting to like look further into like the women's stories, um, I suggest going to savethewone.com. Mm -hmm. They're specifically about cases of rape, women who have um, who have had abortions because they were raped and how it, it furthered their devastation and their trauma. Um, and from women who have chosen life in cases of rape and how their child was like their beacon of hope and light and that they were the only right. Yeah. They were, the child was the only thing getting them through that, that dark time. Wow. And yeah. And then obviously kids, you know, that's so much of this topic is like, you don't hear the testimonies. I know a, I have a friend that back in Oregon who talked about how she had a, an abortion and first of all, it was like extraordinarily painful. Nobody told her about that. And then the second part was like the after effects and like, like how much she regretted it after the fact, nobody mentions that, that, Hey, you might actually regret this someday. Like that doesn't even come up in the conversation. And so like, this is huge. Yeah. yeah I met somebody, I met somebody, I went to a Tennessee right to life meeting, uh, last year. And I met somebody who was, uh, uh, the product of, or who was born as a result of a rape. And that's a person sitting in front of you. And I guarantee that person is like, gee, I'm, I wish my parents would have aborted me. You know what I mean? No, that's like right. an actual whole person. Right. right. There. There's nothing like how someone is conceived 
it doesn't determine their value or their worth at all. And I, I mean, I have seen people on posts like men and women who were conceived through rape. Um, <clears throat> they'll, they'll be just telling their stories and the amount of comments that are just like, they're calling this human being who's no different than you or me, a, a rape baby, or, mm -hmm. um, just, I, I have seen some pretty horrible, yeah. horrible things. And just them saying mm -hmm. that it would have been better if their mother had aborted them, even though they're up there sharing their testimony and their story about how, even though that, even though they were conceived in rape, they have a wonderful life and it's just not enough for them. And obviously I'm not saying that every pro-abortion person believes that that would be an ignorant comment for me to make saying that all pro-abortion people think that people conceived in rape should die. But the amount of comments that I've seen, it makes me wonder how many people are holding that belief silently mm -hmm. and they, they do view rape um, people conceived in rape as less than, and I just don't get it. Cause they're, I mean, I am, I am not, I would be the same person I am today, even if I was conceived in rape. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's really powerful. So you said there's a third one. Oh yes. Yeah. So the this is one, great. Jenna, this is fantastic <laughs> information. Like, I'm, yeah, this is awesome. Good. Um, the third one is ectopic pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will Can you explain what that is first, just for the people listening. I mean, right. I, I probably need a little clarification on it too. Ectopic pregnancy is when the um, the embryo will attach in the fallopian tube instead of in the uterus, and that pregnancy is not sustainable. So if it if it goes untreated, the woman the fallopian tube will rupture, and the woman and the child will die. So there has to be treatment for it, or else death is like almost certain. So I have heard cases where there have been ectopic pregnancies, not in the fallopian tube, but in the abdominal cavity. And um, the last story I heard, she was told she wasn't pregnant. Um, and then she ended up having to have surgery because she was having like intense pain. And it turns out that she had a 28 week old baby in her abdominal cavity wow. and um, had surgery and removed the, the baby and they're both doing great. It was a little girl. So that obviously is not like the majority of ectopic pregnancies are in the fallopian tube where it, the baby, it will not survive no matter what, because our yeah. technology has not advanced to the point of being able to remove that baby from the fallopian tube and place it in the uterus. Hopefully one day it will. Yeah. But see, you know, in that argument, like technically that's not an abortion, right? Because that's a right. medical procedure done to save the life of the mother so, in, in a situation where it's not like the, the baby wouldn't survive anyway. And yeah, then you're so, jeopardizing the mother's life as well. Right. 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 Yeah. So when I, I want to start off by saying, when I say, when I am referring to abortion, I am always 100% of the time referring to elective abortion procedures. There you go. So like when I'm saying abortion is never medically necessary or ectopic pregnancy treatment um, is not an abortion. I am specifically talking about elective abortion procedures. Um, so right. The treatment for ectopic pregnancy there, it's either a um, laparoscopy or a, what was the other one? A salpingectomy. So I am not, I'm going to <laughs> try to explain what they are. I'm not like a hundred percent certain sure. of it. But I believe the first one is um, 
it's like an incision made in the fallopian tube where the baby is removed and they try to save this the fallopian tube or they will remove that that one fallopian tube entirely um and the second one is removal of both fallopian tubes um and obviously that procedure is not an elective abortion procedure and the intention behind it also is not the same so the intention behind an elective abortion procedure is to produce a dead child whereas the intention behind ectopic pregnancy treatment is to save the mother because if she's not given that treatment she and the child will die it is just it's not a sustainable pregnancy so it is not that treatment is not an elective abortion and um there's also no law anywhere that restricts women from gaining from having medical access to those treatments because they're not like even in states that have um uh like really heavy restrictions on abortion ectopic pregnancy treatment is not an elective abortion therefore doctors should provide the care now yeah. and i think that that particular issue right there is what i was talking about earlier where the two sides are talking past each other because i've heard people like here in tennessee where they, they prohibited abortion they, and then it's like people are saying like well what if the mother's life is in danger like how dare they i'm like but i don't think that's actually part of it you know what i mean like it's like people just don't understand the full issue yeah i think what it is is um most pro-abortion people will get their information from just like big pro-abortion talking heads or Planned Parenthood or their favorite celebrity of the week yeah. instead of just doing the research themselves and actually reading up on what the laws actually say. Like there's almost, there's no, there's no, even if a, um, a bill that's passed doesn't have, um, like doesn't have that for medical or, or sorry even if a bill that's passed doesn't have that um listed as a um what is the word oh my goodness i'm like totally blanking it's part of the just part of the legislate the the bill is that what you're talking about or sorry. yeah like if they don't make the um if they don't make it clear that there is man i, do, I am totally blanking on this word it's all right it's all right I, I can't, I cannot think of well, what it's it all is. Good. It's all good. It's all good. But you know, the people, the people who, who, uh, make these arguments, they just, they just lack the understanding really. And right. so, so it's just like, it is what it is, you know? So, well, let me, let me, let me ask you this. So, okay. Gosh, there's so much to go into here. I just, uh, I feel like we might have to do like a part two or part three right. or do some regular episodes. Cause I want to talk about, uh, oh my God. Okay. Well, let's start here my body, my choice, right? That's like the most, I mean, obviously that's just so characteristic of the pro-abortion side, right? right? But of course, what we've seen these last few years, particularly around um, issues pertaining to injections and, and all these medical procedures that have been forced upon people without their consent, my body, my choice. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts about the whole my body, my choice. thing. Well, okay. So I think it's just a ridiculous statement. Just that just in itself but um when a pro-abortion person says my body my choice um they do not mean um they don't they're not referring they're not trying to say that the baby is literally a part of their body um which i think i think a lot of anti-abortion pro-life people don't understand um what 
instead what they're what they're talking about is the um sovereign zone view which means a woman's body is her sovereign zone so if a if something is residing in her she has the right to kill that being because her body is her sovereign zone and it's also they're also when they use that that phrase they're also um referring to bodily autonomy so i will talk about the two things separately but they they're they go together so the sovereign I hadn't zone, heard the sovereign zone thing yeah this is interesting so yeah i don't i don't know if most pro-abortion people fully understand that that is what they are saying when they use the the phrase my body my choice um but it they're always hypocritical because 72 percent of pro-abortion people they have restrictions um, on abortion, they want restrictions on abortion after some point, whether it's after the heart beats or after 20 weeks or after, after the baby is full term, whatever they, most people, 72%, they want restrictions after some point, but in mm -hmm. order for, um, someone to be consistent with the sovereign zone view, you can't, it doesn't leave any room for restrictions. Cause if a woman's body is her sovereign zone, you, you, it just, it doesn't leave any room to restrict abortion for, um, like sex selective abortion or for disabilities, because if, if, if it is a, a woman's sovereign zone, why does it matter at what stage she's getting an abortion? Because it's still her body. Right. But people don't, most people don't believe that they, they go against that phrase, um, my body, my choice. And, now going into like bodily autonomy, um, it's a very heated, heat. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what the entire abortion debate is on is bodily autonomy. Um, and, but yeah, people have different definitions of that, right. you know, like who, whose body, like who, who's there standing up for the body, the bodily autonomy of the right. baby. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and that's another view along with like the sovereign zone view that falls apart if you hold any restrictions for it. So if you were to go up to a pro-abortion person and they and ask them like why they're pro-abortion or pro-choice, whatever, uh, and they say, well, um, bodily autonomy, you know, it's, it's her body, right? It's her body. It's her choice. Um, if you were to ask if they held any restrictions after any point, and they were to tell you, oh yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that abortion should be legal in the third trimester. That entire bodily autonomy view crumbles at that point, because if it's her body and her choice, why does it matter how far along the baby is? A baby who, like a day before delivery, it's still in her body, right? Mm -hmm. So if you truly believe 100% in the my body, my choice, you wouldn't be against it, basically. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> there's also the other aspect of like when two fundamental rights op oppose each other one there are laws in place to protect the more fundamental right right mm -hmm. so in the case of bodily autonomy versus the right to life the right to life is more important than bodily autonomy um like for example like yeah there are laws in place uh, against like thieves so a thief will be punished to protect the property rights property, uh, private property rights of the intended victim. And it's the same thing with murderers. A murderer is their rights are restricted 
when they're prevented from murdering someone because that their intended victim's right to life was more important than the murderer's desire to kill. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah, it that's is very. True. No, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it's so interesting too. It's like, where, where, at what point in their paradigm does it cross over from being just a clump of cells to a baby, right? I mean, it's like it's just so crazy. It's like you can't you can't make a logic. There's no logic in the argument, no. right? And there's no logic behind it. It has. It's all based on like, <laughs> uh, just whimsical stuff. Like, there's no like logic behind it at all. Yeah. Right. The yeah. comments that I get, um, no one has ever been consistent with when it's no longer a clump of cells. Which biologically, like, if you look at the um, stages of development of an embryo, there's a clear. Uh, yeah time where when it is no it no longer looks like a clump of cells like we know that life begins at conception 96 percent of biologists agree um that life begins at conception but it doesn't start taking on the human form and shape until a little bit further along that doesn't matter but no one has been able to give me a consistent answer um to when it's no longer a clump of cells i have heard people say it's a clump of cells up until the late second trimester. I have heard them say it's a clump of cells until the heart starts beating. Mm -hmm. I've heard them say that it's a clump of cells and not alive until um, late in the third trimester. So they're not wow. even consistent. It's it's just, I don't think most people even know what they believe. I think that because it's such a heated argument, they, they, just start making ridiculous statements out of anger instead of yeah. stepping back and doing their own research. And I've been told many times that I need to um, take biology by mm -hmm. like retake biology by someone who tells me that it's not, a, it's not a lot. It's not alive in the womb. A baby is not alive in the womb until the third trimester. So yeah. I'm like, and, and, and how many of those people telling you to take a biology class have like they, them pronouns in their, in their, right. <laughs> Okay. So I'm anyway, like, the time when I'm responding to those comments, I'm like, okay, I don't want to use the fact that they have pronouns in their bio against them. But sometimes it just gets the better of me. And I'm like, okay, he, him, like you have yeah. pronouns in your bio. So yeah, exactly. Gosh. Well, we got Colleen in the chat. Big shout out to Colleen. Um, she's a regular listener. I know that she's hundred uh, percent down with what we're talking about. She says that two weeks, baby already has its sex. There you go. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, like this is a, uh, you know, I've heard the heartbeat thing brought up a lot, like, you know, and then, you know, when you're looking at like negotiating, like, you know, I can see how they, they get to that point in a negotiation process, but it's like, still, that doesn't negate the fact that it's still a living thing before the heartbeat. Like it's still going to naturally progress and become a living being. Like, so the point of conception is like the only logic, like that's where the only logical place is, you know? And, uh, but nobody wants to have the conversation around personal responsibility. Like if you're going to have sex, you can, there's a chance you might have a baby. So, you know, like, uh, yeah. And so, so like, like we need to change, like just to have more higher morality, higher, like all this stuff, you know what I mean? Like that, that's the conversation that we need to be having. Right. But, uh, but, but we're, we're, we're bogged down in this conversation, which is very important too, but I'm not going to diminish it, but it's like, it's tough, man. We need to go back to the drawing board on so many things, so many things, so many things, but, uh, so, Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. So I have like stuff like Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood written down here. I feel like something like that deserves like a whole episode. 
because like oh. I've done tons of research into that and I could go deep, deep, deep down the Margaret Sanger rabbit hole. So maybe I'll have to have you back mm -hmm. for a full uh, deep dive into that because it's fascinating. Yeah. It's if fascinating. you want somewhere to start um, life dynamics, they uh -huh. have a bunch of stuff exposing Margaret Sanger for all kinds of different stuff, but especially racism. Yeah, look up the Negro Project, folks. Right. Like, How she was involved <laughs> with the KKK and yep. um, even Nazi Nazis. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, the Nazi extermination program is based on the American eugenics movement. Right. Uh, there's right. a guy, uh, what's his name? Ernst Rudin went over to help them formulate their their whole uh their whole plan right so there you go i don't yeah. know but yeah anyway that, we'll, we'll do a whole episode on that how's that sound because <laughs> yeah. i think there's so much to unpack there and it's really really good information i'm, I'm really curious though tell me some about stories about testimonies you've had of people who have reached out to you because i'm assuming there's probably a lot of people who maybe who were uh pro-abortion and maybe saw some of your content or just over the years had a personal experience that made them change their mind can you tell us about some of those uh I have had a few people and reach out to me and DM me that, and I'm hoping that um, more, there are more who just have never messaged me about it. But um, I honestly don't get, get those kinds really? of comments very often. Um, I have had one girl reached out to me a few months ago and she was like, I'm so many weeks pregnant right now. And I, was considering abortion until I saw this post and she sent it to me and I can't remember which post it was. Um, and she's like, I'm keeping my baby now. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm about to cry. Like, I cannot believe that. I mean, obviously it's social media. So it's like, I don't want to be like everything I see on social media is true. But I mean, I also am not going to disregard that if it is true, like that is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I have had a few other people, um, tell me that something I have said has made them rethink, um, certain, certain, uh, things they had in their mind that would make them stumble. So like the rape cases, um, or exceptions that they had for abortion. Like when I bring up, Oh, I'm, I'm anti-abortion with no exceptions. But then like when I dig into why, um, I have had people come to me and be like, I never thought about this reason about how, like, how if I hold these exceptions, I'm pretty much just pro-abortion with more steps. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had people come and tell me that. And, and usually most of the DMs that I get from people are people asking for help and how to respond. Um, which I also, I, I love, I love getting those, those DMs because that's like the whole point of my Instagram is I want to be seen as someone who can give you answers if you need it. Um, I actually haven't had one in a while, but also I get like a million DMs a day. So maybe I am getting them and it's just maybe. going to the bottom. Well, here, I got, we got a comment. We got a comment here. So what about uh, the idea about I don't want black market back alley abortions? So I think the implication being, if you make it illegal, then they're just going to go do it underground and it could be a messy situation. So when you go back and you look at the um, history of abortion, even when it was illegal pre-1973, um, it was still being done by licensed physicians. So the whole back alley coat hanger abortion, were there women who were doing that 
dangerously back then? Yes, there are. And there are also women doing it today when it's fully legal everywhere who are still doing um, dangerous methods to cause abortions. Like if you go on TikTok, you will see young girls telling you how to induce a, a, mm. an abortion at home, even though they have access pretty much everywhere. Like mm -hmm. even if it's not accessible in your state, you can just go to the next state and you can get an abortion there. So you're going to see that regardless. But when you go back and you look at the history, like I said, um, I can't remember who what the, her name is, but one of the previous presidents of Planned Parenthood, even they they even said she said that what I had just said that back when it was illegal, it was still being committed by licensed physicians in in clinics. So you know they they I think they're intentionally trying to get you to picture some dank mm -hmm. dark alley that's just wet and just this creepy old man who just is like sticking a coat hanger in a woman and when that was never the case ever interesting um, interesting well the, in the comment the reference was to a movie dirty dancing i don't i don't I haven't seen that movie maybe there's something in there about a, a back alley abortion I don't know. so anyway cool well, thank you for that uh, i have a couple more things that uh, i wanted to bring up with you so the first of all like in my progression with all this at first, you know, I fell under a lot of the probably social programming where I was just like, I'm a guy. I'm not, I don't really care. Like I've never been a party to one. Thank God. I've never been involved in, in an abortion. Um, hundred percent that I know of. I mean, I've, I've never been, a, you know, it's not, not a part of my story. Um, it just never crossed my mind. You know what I mean? And then, but it was just in the back of my mind, there was that thing. It was like, Oh, you're a guy. You're not allowed to have an opinion on it. You know what I mean? Right. But, uh, you posted something the other day and again, I'll pull this up here. So you guys, it, it linked to her, uh, to Jenna's Instagram is in the episode description. Um, I didn't, I didn't catch. There's a, it's patriotically underscore period anti-abortion, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't catch the period there under the, in the, in the graphic here I did, but yeah, if you guys just go to the episode description, click on it. Um, it'll take you to her page. Um, but this one right here, 99% of all abortions involve a healthy mother, healthy baby, a non-rape, <laughs> non-incest situation, right? So like the majority, and when you say the word elective, I think the word elective is such an important word when having this conversation. But it says 100% of all abortions involve a man to conceive. Abortion is not a health is not healthcare, and men deserve a voice. So I thought, I was like, damn, okay, that's great. Right. That's a, such a good point because men absolutely should have a voice in it because like, you know, it's, 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 again, we're, we're siloed into these two, these two factions where it's like, Oh, it's only a woman's right to choose what's done with her body. So therefore a man doesn't get to choose, but it's still like killing babies. You right. know what I mean? Like a guy should be able to weigh in on that. Right. right? So, yeah. And a lot of people will claim like, Oh, the pro or anti-abortion movement is primarily made up of men, which is not the case. Um, I think it's like 80% or something of this movement is made up of women. Um, and I don't know how much I trust that statistic because I think that there are more anti-abortion men who stay silent because of the way that they're treated. Sure. Um, because they're just like spat at and told constantly that they're not allowed to have a say because they don't have a uterus, mm -hmm. which is just ridiculous. Yeah, um, but I, I do also believe that a lot of men are pro-abortion because they have a lot to gain from it being accessible. Mm -hmm. They have, they can have sex without 
fear of responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, if he gets a woman pregnant, um, what's he going to choose? A one-time payment to get rid of the child or 18 years of child support. So yeah. men do have the most to gain from abortion. And there's also the aspect of he's not the one that has to undergo the procedure. He's not the one that has to deal with knowing that he had paid to have the child in his womb torn apart. Um, he doesn't have to deal with the physical or emotional or psychological effects that abortion has um, yeah. like women have. And also the whole like no uterus, no opinion phrase, it it leans heavily on like biological determinism, meaning that certain characteristics are what determines your views or your comprehension. Um, it's pretty much like saying a man can't have a say in abuse against women because he's not a woman. Or only a cancer patient can fight for better cancer treatment because they're the ones experiencing it. Just because a man does not is not the one who um, physically carries the child or has to go through an abortion. It does not mean that he doesn't feel those effects. And it does not mean that he doesn't deserve a say in protecting his child. Um, I think that he should, men absolutely, because like you were saying, it takes a man to create a child. Women yeah. are not just out there getting pregnant on their own. Um, yeah. And he should have legal say to protect his child, which he does not. Um, That's interesting yeah, right there. So I think that, uh, like, again, I think that there are a lot of men who are against abortion who just don't speak up out of fear. And so I, I do talk about that aspect on my page a lot, and maybe I should do it more. Um, Cause I would love to just encourage more men to not be afraid um, because it is not just a woman's issue just because it primarily affects a woman's body. It, it's not, it's your child that's being murdered. Um, absolutely. You absolutely have a say and you should expect harsh treatment because people don't like women. These women don't like to be t- told what they should and shouldn't do by a man because he's not experiencing it, but it doesn't yeah. matter at all. It's his child too. Yep, absolutely. Have you seen the movie Nefarious? Have you heard of this movie? I don't think so. I mean, I don't watch very many movies, but it was recommended to me. And uh, it looks like kind of freaky, scary movie, but it's it's so good. And it's got a very, like it's a, like a strong Christian pro-life message in it. it I was really, really blown away. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's made by like the Blaze and uh, what's his face? Glenn Beck. So oh. it's a conservative made movie, but mm. it's got a very strong, it's about this guy who's like, it's a convicted serial killer, gets a psychiatric evaluation on the day which he's supposed to be executed. He claims he's a demon and further claims that before the time is over, the psychiatrist will commit three murders of his own anyway. And it's like, uh, and so it's basically just a movie where it's just the two of them having a conversation like this, this guy on death row and a, and a psychiatrist, but it was so good. It really? blew That's me. crazy. Yeah. It gave you me chills and it kind of, it kind of like, changed the way I view the world in some ways, like around like the demonic realm and like around this. I mean, I'm sure we get into all that too, about how like, you know, there's a serious like demonic element to all this for sure. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt. So anyway, this movie gets into that and it's, it's fascinating. So. Right. Okay. Well, I just wrote it down. So I'll have to watch yeah. it. Yeah. It's really good. Um, the last thing, if you have, do you have time to go a little bit longer or you, 
Okay, okay. So the last thing I wanted to bring up, because this is such a huge red pill for people that may not be familiar with this whole topic, is the so everybody's heard of Roe versus Wade, right? Roe versus Wade. That's the hot topic, especially the last few years, about how you know people, the pro-abortion side, it's like, oh, Roe versus Wade protected our ability to do all this stuff. Well, have you guys looked into the whole story of like the Roe baby, perhaps, or like like the mom? I I didn't know this until like the whole Roe situation came back in the news recently, but like the, the 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 this baby in question the row baby is like she's like alive like there was no abortion look there she is that's that's the baby in the row versus wade story like the baby was never actually aborted right she's an adult woman she's a grown woman like and then not only that but the 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 mom like went on to become like a very pro or anti-abortion activist Right. And it was like a shame that her her case and her was tied into the the killing of babies. Like, well, yeah. Did I get that right? Is that is that kind of the deal? Yeah. Um, so it's been a while since I've like brushed up on that, but I do remember <laughs> when I learned about that, I was like, Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah. I, I I'm gonna have to make a post on it because I don't think I've I don't think I've really talked about that on my we page. We do it. That's such a big red pill because like nobody yeah. knows that the, everyone assumes the Roe versus Wade story that the, the mom got an abortion, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. There the Roe baby's still alive. Yeah, and there was a lot of like pressure and lying and yes. to get her to cooperate as well. From yes. what I remember, it's been a few years since I've like sure. read in depth her story. But yeah, I remember just that just completely changing my view like i was anti-abortion before but then mm -hmm. learning the truth about why abortion even became legal i was like this is just this is just ridiculous and if, yeah. if things were truthful abortion would have never been legalized on a federal scale yep yep it's fast yeah that's definitely a rabbit hole to definitely encourage all of you to go down because it's fascinating and, and then she went on to become pro or mm -hmm. anti-abortion you know what i yep. mean she's like i can't believe that they're using my story to like kill babies dude it's so know, crazy I Whenever I thought of that or think yeah. of that, I'm like, I just, I hope that she, she got to a place where, um, she didn't feel guilt because yeah. I just feel guilty for a long time. And, uh, yeah, I just hope that that's she heavy. Feel like that. yeah. yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy. Well, well, Jenna, I want to kind of wrap things up here just by, you know, congratulating you because, um, you know, you're expecting now, like, how does that feel? How do you feel like being in this fight and now you're, you're on your own journey towards motherhood? Like what, what are your thoughts and feelings around all that? It is very weird because, um, I mean, weird in a good way. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I've spent so many years looking at like fetal development and solidifying my belief on this, but actually carrying life and knowing, I guess, like, I guess every week I'm like, oh yeah, I know what an abortion at this stage looks like. And so it just, it makes, it makes it all the more difficult to know that there are abortions taking place at every week that I am. So yesterday I'm 17 weeks. So um, I'm in the second trimester and I know, I know what a second trimester abortion entails. And I'm like, I can't imagine doing that to my child. Um, it makes me just want to fight even harder and just let other pregnant women who might be 17 weeks might be further along or earlier, let them know what these procedures are and what they look like. Um, because most women are not 
most, if not all women, they don't know what an abortion procedure looks like. They no. just view it as a removal of a pregnancy because again, the pro-abortion Planned Parenthood world has chosen their wording very carefully. Um, so yeah, it makes me just want to share these procedures even more because so many people don't know what those procedures look like. And for some people, that's all it takes is knowing what a baby goes through at each in each trimester abortion. Um, but yeah, not to be like super negative. It's hard. Okay. It is hard like yeah. to just be in the anti-abortion world and constantly seeing pictures of aborted babies and not just be like imagine it as my son like if if I had no support if I was a woman who got raped or um got pregnant and not married and I didn't have support just knowing that there are women out there who choose abortion because they're not given the info on it it's just it's very heartbreaking and makes me want to fight even harder against it amazing um, yeah that doesn't surprise me that's amazing yeah i'm actually i've finally uh so when i was 18 i tried to start volunteering at my local pregnancy center but at the time i was working construction um and they were only open during the week and i worked every single day and was only off during the weekend so at that time when i was 18 i was like you know what when i get pregnant and i stop working in construction i'm going to start volunteering at my pregnancy center. So I am in the process of finally being able to start volunteering my time there. Um, I went and I had the meeting with the, the, the lady who runs the pregnancy center and I filled out my application. I just have to drop it off. And I'm like, so super excited because, you know, I run this page. Um, I know these facts about abortion and I'm trying to vocally advocate against it. Um, but I want to do more, you know, I, I don't want to just be speaking against it. Um, so I, I am, I have been financially donating to places like let them live. Um, so if you don't know who that is, definitely check them out. They do amazing things. Let them um, live. No. Yeah. And they help all kinds of women. So I've been donating to them financially, but to me, I'm like, that's still just not enough. Like I want to do more. And so I'm donating, running my account and going to be starting to volunteer at my pregnancy center. And I just, I'm, I'm very excited, I guess, to finally just be at the stage where things are coming together. And I feel like I'm actually making a difference instead of just like saying, Oh, abortion is bad. Don't kill your baby. Like I'm actively doing stuff to help women choose life instead of feeling like they don't have an option. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's such important work. You know, I think that's, that's the result of a lot of it is people not knowing that there could be another option or not being presented with this information. Like, I, I don't know if you saw that video I sent you on uh, Instagram. Yeah. It was, it's fine. Well, basically what I was doing here, I can just do it real quick. I can, okay. we can do a little fun little experiment here. Um, and then we can just get it on the record. So this is, um, so I use this, this app all the time. It's really fun. It's really great. I do all my thumbnails on it. You know what I mean? Oh, there's your thumbnail. See Canva. Right. Everybody knows Canva. Canva is a great little app. It lets you do all kinds of fun graphics and Instagram stuff. But watch this. So you go pro choice. And there we go. And so you get bam, my body, my rules, my body, my rules. Abortion is more common than you think. Sex education should cover all reproductive health care options. It's just like it's just nothing but my body, abortion, health care. Yay. Look at all this stuff. Right. What is pro choice? Okay. 
So then you go pro-life. Let's go pro-life. Let's see what it says. Pro-life. Oh, you got life insurance. You got a celebration of life. Mm-hmm. I don't see any pro-life templates anywhere. The life of a butterfly, the life cycle of a butterfly. Okay, let's try this. Let's go anti-abortion. Let's see what we get. Oh, abortion is healthcare. Abortion is healthcare. My body, my choice. Pro, don't be a friend. Don't be a bully. Anti-corruption. No, nothing. Don't even give us the option. So it's just like, like we were talking about earlier, like this is an example of the establishment who postures themselves as having the moral high ground. And uh, if you have a different opinion, then you're not a good person at all. Right. Yep. I've actually, I've actually gone in um, to Canva and searched up pro choice yeah. and recreated them before and shared oh, nice. them. Like I, I have kind of a, um, like a little series that I do occasionally on, uh, on my page where I'll go in and I'll steal like a bunch of Planned Parenthood's graphics and I'll Ooh. remake them. Um, so I'll be like, this is Planned Parenthood's graphic. Here's my version. And it usually does pretty well because their, their graphics are just like, they're so just tone deaf, I guess. And just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's pretty fun to do. And so, yeah, I've done it's that. Genius. Times. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I should start doing that. I should go to like the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation and make like unjected ads out of them. Dude. Yeah, That's, no, you so should. Genius. That's if genius. You, if you're ever <laughs> low on content, just go to the yeah. person you're speaking against and just <laughs> take their content, repurpose it. I love right. it. Ah, awesome. Well, Jenna, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. Like I said, I really want to do a deep dive on uh, Sanger, Planned Parenthood, because they deserve it. Like, um, there's a guy, David Delayden. I've been trying to get him on the show for years. I don't know. He's the guy that did uh, the bunch of like uh, hidden camera stuff with Planned Parenthood, and he's like a journalist. And he got, he got, man, he they got taken out so hard. Actually, there was like Kamala Harris was the DA at the time who was receiving funding from Planned Parenthood. And she was the DA that was funding this. Uh, they basically raided these journalists homes who were doing all the undercover reporting on Planned Parenthood and was like, exposing all the baby part trafficking stuff. And so she was like directly in charge of like raiding them, taking all their uh, footage and laptops and everything. And while she was at the same time receiving money from Planned Parenthood. So like I've been trying to get him on the show for a while, but he's a very hard one to track down. But uh, I've had a couple conversations with him, but we haven't quite been able to connect. But uh, yeah, the whole Planned Parenthood thing is just so diabolical. So yeah. I'd love to get into that with you on maybe a future if episode. You, if you need, if you want something to watch in your free time, um, Life yeah. Dynamics has a movie called Mafa Twenty One. It's M A F M A A F A Twenty One. Um, you can find it on their website, and it is it is about black genocide in the twenty first mm. century. It yep. goes through everything. I haven't watched all of it yet, but it like goes in depth. Um, into overturning slavery mm. and the immediate introduction of abortion and eugenics and how yep. it's just, it goes hand in hand and it was targeted at the black population. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty um, in depth. That's that amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. Jenna, we'll tell everybody how they can follow and support your work. Um, my Instagram obviously is patri patriotically underscore period anti-abortion. Um, yeah, just go and give me a follow and comment your support. I don't have any other social media. Uh, well, I guess I, I do have a TikTok, but I don't use it because I hate TikTok. Yeah, yeah I hear you. <laughs> yeah, just go give me a follow and comment your support or comment your hate. 
whoever may be seeing this. If you hate me, you're free to comment. Um, Love that attitude. That's awesome. (laughs) And also, you know, you do, uh, you earn income from home. I know I've seen you post a lot about that, about how to empower people, how to be more entrepreneurial. So maybe we can have you back for an episode on that. I've been uh, looking at your, like you did a post a while back about like, all like the the men's shower products and all this stuff like the suave yeah. and the old spice and stuff and i was like literally i was like jesus i felt i was like this is literally all the stuff that i use like exactly like, the exact every single one of them i was like what the fuck and so i was like okay i need to look at this wellness box like uh it's it's I, really <laughs> fun to dig into just how horrible all these brands are know. like i'm I like know. oh my gosh oh nice i was poisoning myself for years yeah. Good to know. Yeah, that was a couple of months ago. I just thought it was so funny because it was like literally like the exact products I use. Right. Just text, right? Oh my God. It was like, this is embarrassing. So anyway, but anyway, uh, so Jenna, just keep up the amazing work. Um, good luck with everything. Just keep us posted about all the fun stuff. And um, yeah, we'll schedule another episode here soon. So Okay, perfect. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. All right, everybody. Catch you next week. Got another great, great episode and I'll talk to you soon. Peace.